Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 55 of Beer and Other Shit, the podcast. And, mate, today is something we've been trying to do for probably a year, maybe a year and a half. This is Noah Forrest from Beerism.ca, and if you know anything about craft beer, you know who this man is, brother. Pleasure. Thank you for, uh, for making me. it happen. This is uh, it's a beautiful thing. It is. You're a busy man. You're a hard man to get hold of. You live really far. I don't have a car. It's true. It's you hard have- for me to leave the house. But you left. I did. And here we yeah. are. So we had an opportunity um, to finally link up and we're like, you know what? We're just going to grab a beer or something. And you're like, yo, let's do a podcast. I'm like, hell yes. Let's do it. And you suggested something we've never done on BAOS, period, uh, a vertical. I'm very excited about that. Uh, for those who don't know what a vertical is, do you want to tell them? Sure. So a vertical in the craft beer world, we tend to mean having several beers of different vintages compared to each other in real time. In so, real time. In real it's time. Like Silicon Valley shit. <laughs> exactly. So that's what a vertical is. So you have, right here, you have four different vintages of the same beer, meaning four different versions of the same beer brewed in different years. Okay. You can also do what they call like um, horizontal tastings, okay. which is different beers with, uh, with different like variants kind of thing. So, for example, if you had Milk Shark from Bellwoods, of course, like you'd have all five of the different exactly. versions and see what they are. Okay. So that's horizontal. I never heard of that. Yeah. So this beer, I have had the 2013 before. I just double check. So what, have, what, what is this one? So Aseki Nicho is a beer brewed um, by Ciel, which if you know Ciel, are they have brew pub in Montreal and then they have a brewery in uh, St. Jerome. Jerome. Um, This beer was brewed first, at least it was bottled first in 2012. I didn't bring it 2012 because I need to drive home and we have four, nine and a half percent beers. Pretty intense already. Yeah, so so they brewed brewed this beer for the first time in bottles in 2012, then 13, 14, 15, 16. 17 hasn't come out yet. When when does that come out? Every Uh, I think it's usually, uh, it usually comes out in November, but it's bottled a couple months before that. So I think yeah. Now. So I think these ones were bottled September, in September, sorry. and then they're usually released in November. But it changes every year um, because Jitsiel has what they call their Momentum series, which is basically um, a different beer every month that they brew and release, and that's alongside their like regular lineup. Okay. So there's been six versions or vintages of this beer, and then they did two variants, which was uh, and both uh, versions were aged in Pinot Noir. Oh, wow. Did you have them? I assume yes. Yes, I have them. I was going to bring them, but I was like... This makes the most sense for the Yeah, because it's like, it would have been fun to do all seven, but we're not going to... We're not... We're going to get trashed. It's not that kind of party. So I thought, I'll just do four, because it'll give you the chance to see, like, the biggest contrast between the two. And sometimes you can be surprised, because you'd be like, I really like this one, or that one, or whatever. Right. And you'd start to put your finger on why you like it, or why you don't. Um, and you know, over time, you'd be like, "Oh, this is it just tastes old." So it'll be cool for you to see what a four-year-old beer tastes like, as opposed to it relatively fresh. Well, that's fantastic. So this is my first vertical ever, and just to be upfront, so we've known each other for I don't know a couple of years online. I only met like twice. I know a lot Today of people online time. only. <laughs> yeah, same, right? It's like a beer nerd thing. Yeah. And you, I was saying to you earlier, we went to Vice Versa and we had a couple of beers, and I was saying like, you, you happen to be the dude who teach me about 
So it's your fault, this guy's fault, for being crazy about uh, IPA aging. So thank you. Uh, about cellaring because I have this little fridge right here. Um, by the way, it's our first podcast at the crib in this environment, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But this one is my little thing, and you were telling me about the aging process and stuff like that. And then you told me what verticals were, and you showed me pictures of your cellar with like shelves like full of like you know printon. Was it Equinox? The yeah, Equinox the Printons, their, uh, their maple scotch. Yeah. Stuff like that. And you had the uh, saison, uh, Sausage d'hiver and stuff like that. Like, yeah, that's the so brand like, one, yeah. Like, man, you don't play with this stuff. So, you know, I'm very happy that I get to do this specific thing with you because you're the guy who sort of taught me about this stuff. So I'm pretty amped. Yeah, and I mean, Zootsiel is a fun um, brewery to collect their bottles because, one, they do a lot of bottles that age well mm -hmm. because they're one of the best brewers in the world and they Amen. just nail it. Um their beers don't oxidize quickly for some reason, even though they're Great smaller bottles. Yeah. But the thing is, they're small bottles and they're twist caps. So they for, are too. So yeah. you'd think like, it wouldn't work, but they just they, they just do. I don't know if it's the just their, just their technique or whatever, but their their beers always age pretty brilliantly, um, and they're cheaper in the sense that like you can buy a four pack of this for ten bucks. So if every year you pick up a pack or two over the course of four or five years, you well, stock sudden, up and then do these little mm. experiments without, you know, breaking your bank. Right. And you were saying to me that you're like, you can go home and do this all over again and then add the other ones, which is super yeah. cool because it's not really like... Yeah, ruining, and the thing is I can just like sit on it and like <clears throat> in five years, I can... Break out some more. Do an eight-year, ten-year vertical. Just which is fun, which you did like. recently, right? Because yeah, recently we did an Equinox de Printemps. Uh, I think I had 16 bottles in total. <laughs> That's um, insane, man. <laughs> Yeah, and I managed to get my hands on uh, a, a 2011, a 2003, 2004, and 2005. Okay. Um, so they, they, they were like test batches almost. Like the bottles didn't even have labels. It was written with like white letters. It was dust just caking on the side. Amazing. It was awesome. And then I had like the brand 2008 spankers. or 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 15. But like I had like those really early ones and surprisingly drinkable. Um, Did you have a favorite? Yeah, I think... The 11 was, the, was one? the one for me. At what point did palate fatigue kick in? Pretty right. Like, it, it was tough for me. I was just getting over a really bad cold. Last. Um, but I wanted to do it anyway because it's very hard. For, I have two little kids at home, so it's very hard for me to find time to do anything like this. Um, and you and it had to have. It just had to happen. But... We had done, we did that one, and then uh, the year, a year before, we did the uh, Sosis Zival vertical with slightly less bottles, but still something like 12 or 13 different vintages. It's a lot. Um, and that one seemed to be a, a better vertical in the sense that there was a lot more variation over okay. the years. Whereas in uh, what was interesting about the Equinox de Printemps is, yeah, the old, old ones were really, really drastically different. But the last six years, um, there wasn't there wasn't a huge change, and we were really all very surprised at that because like six years is a long time yeah. for a beer. In my opinion, like over three, unless it's something like Lambic, over three years tends to push it. Right. Yeah. Like Lambics, you can age for forever, decades right? and stuff, and they just get better. Yeah, I mean, there's arguments about fruit <clears throat> Lambics, the fruit phase. You know, you want your drink your fruit Lambic faster or whatever not an expert or anything but that's just kind of my understanding mm -hmm. but like a good goose or whatever is supposed to last like the boys uh wild shack which i actually met through uh, yeah. noah when we did that seller episode they had that millennium giz from like <laughs> yeah. 2000 like they wanted i think they Bottles said they wanted like a grand or something it's a 1500 bucks <laughs> insane and they said they wanted to crack it in was it the next year or like 2020 and they would make it like yeah. a flat 20 year old thing which is like that's insane that's just really cool 
Yeah, I think no, it's it fun. really is. And and you know, aging beer is always an experiment, and it's not necessarily something I recommend in the sense that like I wouldn't tell people to go buy one bottle of beer and then throw it in the cellar without having tried it first. Yes. For me, you didn't tell me that. I yes. tend to recommend if you can. It's obviously hard to budget, but if you can, buy two or more, drink one fresh, and then sit on it. Mm. And also, it's very important to age the right kind of beer. Right, and that's that's exactly it. So I've been trying, like I was saying in my cellar, like I've got pretty much only beers I've never had, which is right. somewhat. Uh, it, it was kind of like a, def- a default cellar in the sense of just beers I kind of like that were like big 11% stouts and I kind of just like had them floating around so I was like well I guess I could just pop them in there and then they just end up getting full real quick so maybe I should just probably crack them at some point yeah, just like the shareable I mean, it's hard to get enough people Tiff doesn't always really want to have I can you know the Kentucky Master Nickelbrook being exactly. stout and stuff it's not everyone's favorite it's hard know? and the same thing happens to me like sometimes I'll buy like a 750 13% bourbon barrel aged imperial stout and it's hard to find the time to, yeah. to drink that. Because it it's kind of like an all-day endeavor. And luckily, I'm home all the time. So, <laughs> like, I, I can do that on a Sunday. I can crack that bottle at, like, one, have a glass, put a cap put in, in fridge, it, put it yeah. back into that thing, and then have another glass, like, four hours later, another glass before bed, and then you're not drunk. Hmm. Like Might not, should not be driving, probably. <laughs> but, <laughs> a, little, a little buzz. A little buzz going But, on. yeah, like, you're, you're drinking over a long period of time, as opposed yeah. to, like... Yeah, I think that's if you're doing it solo, is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. I'm, but I, yeah, for me, I'm always drinking solo. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm drinking a lot solo. My kids well. don't like, join me. They don't join you yet. What's no. their favorite? They have favorite beers yet? No, no. Yeah. But they comment on the beers. I yeah. Drink, you know? Any thoughts? Anything they they talk about out? the color and stuff like. I guess that. you drink some pretty beers. I do, and well, I have a little. I have a photo little studio, and they sit there with me, and they and they, help they you watch, and they run amok, and That's they sick. knock things over, yeah, and, and they're like, on my back, and I'm trying to take. A I photo thought you were joking, but no, you said no. It earlier. I thought you, you meant it, eh? No, no, I meant it. Yeah, they're they're because yeah. I want to see a picture of this thing because uh, we. <laughs> I, I thought about bringing in someone to take shots of me trying to take shots with that would be two funny. kids in like this like crowded room with a photo box and. They're jumping on a couch behind me and just knocking crack over. That's crap amazing. Over. <laughs> that's kind of my it's thing. It's hard, man. We should. We, I want to get into that. Maybe touch on that a little bit about like what you do and the way that you're kind of focused on the written word. And right. I feel like it'd be cool. F- you know, we're, we're kind of debating like whether it's a good move for you to be like. This is. Is this the first like video visual thing that a lot of people would have seen of you? Um, video, yes. Like, I was on that. the radio. I was on CBC Radio a few times. Yes, um, that, which was dope. Trying to think if there's any other, but I've, I, this is the first video I think I've done right. in relation to beer. Popping your sure. uh, beer ready, my, my video, beer video cherry. cherry. Yeah. So people are going to actually get to see that side of you. I think it's kind of cool. You know, I know we were saying it's kind of good to have the mystique as well, but now it's like, bam! I didn't know you had a beard like that when I first <laughs> met. She's like, oh, I hadn't, I didn't know what you looked like, but you knew what I looked. Oh, like. it's true. And that happens to me all the time. People come up and hey, what up? And I'm like, hey, the fuck are you? And it's just because I'm like, why do you <laughs> know who I am? Everywhere. My face is every all over our stuff. So I'm like, of course they do. Like you know what I'm saying. So what we should probably do is crack this to get yes. this going, and then we can. I want to hear you a lot about your history. Uh, I would love to. So yeah, do it. Tell me how this goes. So I think we. You want like when you pour we, them out. I would do them the same order in terms of our so four. Do, should we do something like this? Yeah, that makes it simpler. So we, I didn't have eight of the same glass. So we got uh, Noah got the fancy wine glasses. I got the Bose joints. So do we start with the lowest, maybe 13, 14, 15, 16? Uh, yeah, that works. That works? I'll do it. I need this. My trusty Brewheads 
bottle cap opening. You might like this. I've seen you it seen on this? your wand. Yo, it's it. legit my favorite. I know that we don't need it for this, but basically it keeps them flat. So if you know, like, ah. so you can like use them. You know how you have you seen those uh, things where they like a uh, thing you hang up on the wall. It's like a map of the states, yep. and you can be like, all right, this is from Quebec. Can you pop that up? So that it doesn't damage. The so it doesn't cap. damage the cap. So like the perfect condition. It's very, very nice. So thirteen here. So how uh, how much do we pour? Just like, yeah, just whatever. Uh, where we don't finish, we go down the drain. Doesn't really matter. I don't. I don't that, that bothers me. That whole thing about going down the drain. No, I, me too. Um, I, I generally don't, um, but sometimes. For the purposes of science, it has to happen. <laughs> 16, 15, 14, 13. So this is the third. This is the only one I have had. Which but you had it well four years ago. Four years ago, because we were like, I checked it, it was on like 1276. I'm up to 20, nearly 2800. So I was like, oh man, it's got some uh, fizz on these bad boys, eh? Yeah, it's, uh, so I don't think I explained what kind of beer this was. No, I don't think we did. Let's talk about um, that. So Second Icho, uh, yeah, because I talked about the brewery, but I didn't talk about the beer. So the, the Second Icho was brewed at Zuid's Hill. It was brewed by a brewer who's not there anymore. As far. And please, in the comments, correct me if I'm wrong on any of this. It wasn't um, Bim, was it? Yeah, so this was Bim's creation. Have you had Godspeed yet? Uh, I haven't. I'm supposed to get bottles, uh, oh, cans. cans. Next I went week. there last week. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. so Bim brewed this Beautiful place. in collaboration okay. with a brewer from, a brewer and friend, as far as I understand, from um, Japan. Okay. Hence the, the name and the, uh, the artwork the- on it. Which is really nice. Juicy always slay this stuff. I think originally what his idea was to brew an imperial stout with saison yeast to give it some extra fruity character. But I think over time they developed the recipe to have a slightly different grain bill and I think hops that he imported from Japan. Oh yeah, Japan grow hops? I think so. That's cool. I read that uh, at one point, but I'm guessing that has changed. And to be honest, the the original batch was the 2012. I found drastically different when 2013 came, and then it's been pretty consistent since. So I remember the 2012, which we don't have, drank more like an imperial stout. It had a really full body, <laughs> and then the year after that, uh, it's like they thinned it out a little bit, and I I feel like they upped the the hoppiness. Okay. So uh, so it had a bit more of a drinkability and floral character. Nice. Wow. See the fizz, like it just like progressively yeah. lives. So because it's it's a saison and it's it's live in the bottle, you're gonna have um, good carbon good like it. that kind of microcarbonation or I was whatever. realizing how cool this is. This is really fun. I can't believe I haven't done this before. This is so lit. Yeah, no, for sure. It's uh it, it's I don't know, just like having them all the same thing. Thank you. It's just well, really the thing cool. Is just you seeing even the difference with popping them before we've even sipped them or smelt them. I'm like, yeah, you can see you the can difference. Smell in them. them from here too. Crazy. All right, so it's like uh, essentially the same. Um, the the ingredients didn't change drastically. As far and I'm speculating. I just I just know that in my experience, the tw- the 2012 was quite different from the other vintages going forward. Right. So you um, can't have you you have you personally done this specific for? I you drank them probably before. I have a good friend uh, who writes a blog called Multitasker. I don't know if you're familiar. M A L T Y. Uh, yeah. Oh, Multitasker. Fantastic. Exactly. All right. He's one of my closest beer friends. Uh, we've been buddies for several years. Anyway, uh, guy I really respect. Anyway, we did a a tasting of I think 12, 13, 14, maybe fifteen, and then the the Pinot Noir at the time. But this was like over two or three years ago. Okay. It's it's not an easy vertical to get through. Like we're not gonna. I don't think we're gonna drink. It. 
Jeez, to be perfectly honest. That's especially me, I gotta drive, but um, you'll see like, at first it's, a, it's, it's an awesome experience. And it's not that it, it becomes less awesome, but it becomes tiring, if that makes any sense. Because it's oh, one yeah, thing to go that. from like this, and then you're cracking an IPA, and then you go to like an Imperial Stout, then you drink a Pilsner or whatever. It's another thing to drink like the same beer and, and really analyze it. It's almost like it's, it's, it's draining a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I feel that. I felt that very much when I go to brew pubs and I have, say, a flight. And whenever yeah. I go to DCL, I'm kind of obsessed because they always have new stuff. So I always get the flats. And like I'm like, oh, all right, I got six beers. Guys, excuse me. Photo, <laughs> untapped, review, edit the photo, next. And it's just this whole like thing. All right, so you know, like before, I, I, mm. I want to talk about your like blog and your beer subject. Sure. Maybe we should start this. What do we do? Smell everyone, right? That's probably the first thing. Yeah. Bit. And I mean, there's no rules, right? Like you, you do it whatever way you want. Um, some people talk about drinking the fresh one and then moving backwards. I tend to want to try the older one first. And I feel like it's probably got more nuances. And when, you're, when your palate's fresh, it's probably better to drink the older one. I think it's almost like more uh, different nuances, if, 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 if that makes sense. So over time, beer kind of develops a very sherry-like character. Mm-hmm. Um, you get notes of like oh, leather, you can tell wow. uh, leather and different types of like fruit come out and then all, and then like negative things come out too, okay. like, like cardboard flavors. Oh, wow. um, so different. This dark beers can be risky because what happens is you start over time, you can get this soya sauce component huh. to it. All right. Um, and that, and that, I've had that in, in a bottle of, of seki before where it just it, it gets that like soy thing hmm. um but Even, i'm not smelling that at all in any no. of these and to be honest the four-year-old ones almost smells the like a stout the three. this smells like a stout and the new one the 2016 smells like a straight up saison with dark malt like there's banana and cloves in the nose right and this is just do you want to smell this babe and that's just like legitimate if you put this in my face i'd be like it's a stout there's <laughs> no way that's just that's a saison that's crazy. So that's 16 and uh, 16, 15, 14, 13. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the fresh even one... Even is very stouty. I find the 14. fresh one has the least complex nose. Of course. It's, it's kind of... Uh, it's got some nice like dustiness a, from the yeast, but it's not... Dusty's It's not as fruity as, as this one. This one's really... And that's the thing, because they like kind of... When you, especially when you do like a, a vertical across like 10 years or whatever. Not that I've done many of them, but I've done a couple... Um, you kind of like, you see the beer sweet spot and that's basically what happens. It's like you get to the fresh ones, you're like, whoa. Maybe if you drank that beer fresh on its own, you'd be like, this is great. But then when you drink it compared to like the three-year-old one, you're like, oh, this one, all those like sharp, boozy flavors have kind of like subsided. And now it's like, it's kind of just melding together. And then as you get older, you're like, oh, these other, like it, it's becoming thin now. Like that's what happens over time too, is the beer loses its its body a little bit or hmm. not so much as body like the mouthfeel as much as like the finish it's like it becomes like watery over time okay um so that that's why if you drink a beer and like off the bat it's super thin you're like maybe this won't do well with five plus years on it we should probably actually drink yeah these so let's get in all right 20 cheers. uh 20 cheers 16 13 yeah get in you that's a stout that's a stout I think that's drinking really nice right now because you're chocolate. still getting the kind of, chocolate. like the, the hops have kind of faded off a lot, but there's still a little bit of fruitiness. Um, and and you, you get that kind of sherry thing. 
Yeah, I can totally get that. It's like a tang, like a, a yeah, like a on, grapey, like wine, tanniny yeah. tang port. That's a good one. It's, but um, it's not too much because what ends up happening, if you give this another probably three years, it's going to be so much of that and then so little of all the other things. So it's like hmm. finding that kind of age balance a little bit. And is that mostly a personal tasting way, sure. just where you like it, right? It's not like there's no right answer to that. Yeah, and I mean like, but my as I was talking about my friend Derek, we, we communicate on these things all the time. Like, oh, I just cracked a 13. What I'm not I? digging it. And then he goes and drinks one of his celery. He's like, what are you talking about? This is amazing. Now right. it could be like... Bottle variation, it could be conditioned, it could be so many things. Um, but even in per- if you do it in person, obviously, then you know you're drinking the same, same stuff. Why wish we share these ones? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I quite like that. All right, so this is the 14, it's a little brighter in the nose than the, than the tw- uh, 13. Hmm. Very similar, I think it's a little bit sharper. Definitely you sharper. Get the booze uh, a little bit more. Definitely uh, bright is your only word I can think of. Hmm. Like, I just feel like there's more uh, coming out of it. God, you can taste the booze on these things. I can see why you're saying you're not going to get through them. <laughs> fucked up tonight. Hmm. Yeah, okay. It's just like, the this one is, the 13 is like straight up stout territory. This hasn't gone there yet. Hmm. It's like still fruity enough that it's a saison. And there's something about it, it's like lighter body or something. Whereas it seems to maybe potentially slightly thickened a bit or and something. And it's possible, like as I said, I thought they were changing the recipe from the 12 to the 13. And maybe they didn't change it at all. It could all be in my head. I don't know. Um, but it's possible that they were always, they kept tweaking it and then they finally hit like a okay. stride. Let us know, JF. Let us know, bro. <laughs> 15. This is fascinating. Mm. This is really fucking cool, man. Um, kind of doesn't taste too different to the 14, eh? No, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I uh, there there isn't even... It doesn't seem like there's a huge change. This is where the gap these. is for me here. Like, this is a whole other beer. This is not the same beer, almost. And the th- and, and combination. Not that I've necessarily... Well, yeah, I'd say I've experienced it. They also do this with the aging process. So, How like, so? Uh, in the sense that, like, um, you drink a... 2013 you're like oh this is no shit it's no good anymore but then wow. you revisit it a year later and you're like oh oh this is crazy it, it something happened and now it's like it's on the mm. up again i've heard i've heard talk about that with with various bottles i was drinking with a guy who was talking about every year he buys the case of oval you're familiar with oval a-u-v-a-l or o-r-v-a-l uh o-v-a-l it's not uh, orval sorry yes 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 the belgian one yes exactly yeah. sorry um, so that's the only Trappist beer that's brewed with Brett. It's a wild beer. Um, so it's, 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 it's kind of different from all the others. Like all the other ones have their kind of traditional double, triple, sub quad or whatever. Um, but they a, have just a, the one, eh? they just have the one beer and it's not like any of the other ones. Anyway, it's known for a, like aging beautifully. And we're talking to a friend. Every year he goes and buys a 12-pack and throws it in the cellar. From Belgium or from here? You can get it at the uh, sack. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about how, like, we've had, like, me and my buddy were talking about, like, we've had it with, like, with a couple years on it. And he was like, eh. He's like, you got to give it more time. And it kind of does this, like, thing. Like, it's good fresh. Then two years, it's going, eh. And then it, like, becomes gold this. at a certain point or whatever. Interesting. And I haven't revisited I have a bunch in the cellar, but they're all the same year. So you can't even really... Yeah, so I mean, I could crack one every year to see how it changes or whatever. But it's, it's interesting how that happens, especially I think when you start getting wild yeast involved, like like uh, Bretonomyces, um, and then like you were talking about barrel aging and 
um, like Curve by Silicus and stuff. Yeah, it gets pretty intense. This 16 is yeah. um, is great. This is probably what I remember it like when I had the 13 fresh. Sorry, just the same thing. This is fantastic. It's just like a nice dark season, not entirely boozy. I think the booze is hidden well. GDCL usually do well with uh, hiding that type of stuff, I think, in their they're, they're just the kings of balance. They're I the best. Like, like, yeah, even like something like Pache that doesn't taste... 10%, yeah, whatever. I think you know if you ask me what my favorite beer was, it would, I think Peche would probably be lightning uh, around. You need to hold off on that. Uh, We're gonna get that. Too late. It's over. Well, you've ruined it. <laughs> I can go home. You would done. You would done. So look, I wanna. I feel like the people need to know. So you run beerism.ca. Correct. Uh, we were talking probably a whole bunch before this for a couple of hours, which we probably shouldn't have because we covered a lot of this stuff. But I'm gonna make That's you do it again. Right. So just tell folks like you know how you got into beer writing and sort of you know sure. what what your sort of situation is. So I write a, uh, for a website called beerism.ca. Um, Do you have other writers or is it just you? I, I had a friend who used to write articles periodically. His name's TJ. He's a really good guy. But uh, in the last year or so, it's been, been most, pretty okay. much entirely me. Um, uh, what, what I try and do on the website is, is, is make content that is interesting by examining... Generally, I try to do rarer beers, not even necessarily by design, but more because I want to drink them. Yeah. <laughs> or like, so yeah, I, I, I do tastes. a lot of like barrel-aged stuff, a lot of wild stuff. I'm in the sours a lot now. Um, but that's not to say I, won't, I don't write about uh, like a standard IPA or whatever, too. It's whatever I find interesting in that moment. Um, I try to take like a pretty in-depth approach to the, the tasting notes in themselves. Like I... I really go through what I think of the nose and the body and like all the flavor profile or whatever. But I also don't want it just to be a boring like review of the beer. I try and preface the tasting notes with an interesting perspective on either the beer or the scene or Quebec in general. I read a bit about Ontario beers, but I try and focus on Montreal and Quebec because we have an awesome scene here. And that's also so what I'm readily able uh, to, yeah. to get given yes. that this is where we live mm -hmm. and it's cool and, and the scene here is amazing and the people here are amazing yes um so that's that's what beers is. i got into beer about like i've been drinking beer like how we all have since you know we were 17 or 18 or whatever legally obliged to yes so, exactly course. um but it was it was it was a it was a cl beer that really um like made it pop so like I, I drank the usual crowd that we all drank like I think Stella was my beer or whatever um, and then it was actually my father-in-law who kind of started tipping me towards um, like craft cra yeah because in Ontario at, uh, at the time this is I guess six years ago they had a huge selection of English beers. So, like, English ales, like Fuller's and uh, Wells. Bomber. Bomber. Oh, yes. Uh, Spit. Uh, and Spitfire Spit and those Divide, ones, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's what he loved to drink. Uh, it's so solid, dude. Yeah, so, like, I was going to hit, and he was, like, pouring these beers, and I'm like, oh, my God, these are fucking fantastic. Mm. Um, so... I was like, screw all those lagers. I don't care about that. And then, so I really started getting into it, so I'd go to the LCBO and just stock up on English ales and... I didn't even know what a fucking ale was. I thought, it was, I thought an English, like I thought it was ale with a style of beer and not like like a what it, what family it actually is. beer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and then what? Then I was going to like like beer depeners around Montreal, and I would grab a bunch of beers and I would try them. I'm like I don't really like these um, because they always tended to be on like kind of the Belgian scale or whatever. And it wasn't. 
I like them now, but at the time I didn't. Um, they're the uh, they're not for like rookies necessarily. It kind of depends on the palate, I guess. That's but true. I guess I was just I was in the hunt for that 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 multi English ale. Like that's where my right. mind was, and then I tried everything. It's too dry, or what? It's just not my Shop thing. Or fruity, yeah. And and there was no like no one brewed a, like a like a solid English ale here at the time, in my opinion, at least not that I've found. Anyway, and then one day. I, I started still experimenting or whatever, and I, I found a bottle of Zudziel's uh, Corne de Diable, which is their standard American IPA, which I think they still brew periodically. Oh, yeah, no, I've had that, though. Um, and it's funny, because you drink that now, most beer geeks would be like, this is malty, and there's not much of a hot profile. At the time, I took a sip, and it was like, like someone just punched me in the nose with, like, a citrusy explosion. <laughs> And, like, I remember my whole mouth just tasting like bitterness buzzing. and just be like, oh, <laughs> what is going on in this fucking bottle? And then, like, as you sip it, you're like, oh, it's so intense. Oh. And then and then as it continues, it becomes this, like, almost like addiction to the hops. Like, it's just like, oh, yes. Tell me yes. about it. More of this weird, piney, <laughs> tongue-stabbing bitterness. And then that was it. And at that point, I was like, I, I, I need to go down this route and then through that Jit Sales a lot had a lot to do with me becoming a beer geek I think because I remember like trying Dernier Valente which is a beer mm-hmm. that kind of still exists because the, the, the only version that exists now is the Brett version okay. but at the time it had a different label and everything and that was like a Bel- that was a Belgian pale ale and I wasn't really into the Belgian thing but it kind of was like crossover enough because it was a little bit hoppy to bring me towards that and then I got really big into the Trappist stuff and the Belgian stuff and then then it was everything and it was craft, and then obviously IPAs and all that. And then, of course, started the blog. So you would just decide to review the. Um, yeah, the so I I, like, I would I would go on like social media, like Facebook at the time, post these pictures, and do like these terribly written short paragraphs with full of spelling mistakes. Uh, but then people were really supportive. They're like, "Hey, you're cool. You're like now the beer guy or whatever." Not a lot of people were doing it back then. Twenty eleven, um, eh? Yeah. So we started at the same time. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then from there, I uh, just created the blog and then started really writing, which was a lot of fun. When did it get to the long form? Uh, like, cause your pretty stuff quick, pretty quick, eh? Yeah. So like, how, like how, so you were doing like the, whatever, a few sentences and then all yeah, of a sudden and then the minute, just, bam. Like, and the minute I created the actual website, oh, I started writing like long stuff, like, like articles type okay. stuff with like, so like I was saying earlier, like I look at you, I didn't realize we started at the same time, but I always, I wasn't taking it seriously until maybe two years ago. So you've been taking it seriously, like six odd years. Yeah. And that's the difference, right? So I always saw you and like, you're like, in my opinion, I don't know if you feel this about yourself, you're like the preeminent main Anglophone, at least, uh, beer writer in Quebec. You get, whenever I see the beers, I'm like, man, how did Noah get these beers? Like, you know, the, the brand new, like, you know, 15 new Dunham joints. And, like, I found about the Wild Check through you guys. I saw you, uh, through your post. You had, like, you know, a whole bunch of their stuff. You get all the Judas Yale Barrel Age stuff. Like, you get some real phenomenal beers. Um, how have you felt about, like, a beer scene, a beer writer scene in Quebec? Like, do you sort of feel like that lone wolf kind of out there, like, um, you know, doing because i think in ontario we were talking about this there's, there's a as a scene these guys hang out and stuff whereas in quebec like you're literally the only guy i know aside from uh hop citizens the only guy i talked to here yeah and he's recent like he only started about what a year and a half ago i guess did he okay yeah. so i haven't we haven't met we've been meaning to get a podcast um, together so you're the first fellow beer media person that i've had we've had on the podcast cool which is dope so like yeah have you like can you speak to that at all what it's like in quebec yeah i, I feel mean a little um aside from it. i'd love to so like like i was saying uh 
my friend Derek writes Multitasker. And, and he's, he's in... He's in Montreal. He's been doing it longer than me. He's from Toronto originally. Um, but I think the difference with, with Derek... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Really? He's, he's like you. He's, he's from uh, Toronto. So it, he's him. just trying to, to learn French now. Um, he, he writes exceptional stuff. But I think for him, he writes a little bit more sporadically. Right. Um, and isn't like... Like, he's so super concerned with social media in the same way. So like, people don't necessarily know his name, but he gets a lot of he gets a lot of hits and he gets a lot of uh, readers. Um, so so Derek's great. Uh, there's Hop Citizen started recently, but yeah, there isn't um, a lot of Anglo Quebec beer bloggers. Why do you think that is? Just the lack of. Uh... Well, I think if you look at the total number of beer bloggers, period, in Quebec. Um, not that I necessarily know all of them, but I'd say no, probably about 95% of them. There might be a couple out there. Including the French guys? Yeah. Um, so I would probably say there's maybe, and we talked about this a bit earlier too, because there's a lot that start and then they just, they fall off. Right. Because it's, it's a tough game. Like it's hard to put a lot of heart and energy into something. And then you have eight people read your post because you're looking at your freaking stats and you have eight people. You're like, like, I just spent hours on this and I have all this stuff to say. No one gives a shit. (laughs) So a lot of people just give yeah. up. Yeah. Um, and at that yeah. point, my, my advice is always like, just you can't do it for that. You you have to just do it because you like doing it. Like yeah. it's fun in some way. That's not. It's not always fun either because it costs money and time. Mm-hmm. But if it becomes like a hobby, yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah. But so out of there, I'd say there's probably only. I'm I'm probably being very generous. There's probably only about like six or seven. Quebec beer blogs really? that I know of. So okay, so you're talking written bloggers, right? Yeah, I mean Not there are definitely the, the video guys or any podcasters or anything. Yeah, but even then, maybe ten. Like I know of a couple of YouTube. I know videos. a couple of YouTube guys that are French that um, I've been told, but there about. aren't a ton. Hmm. Like I, I also co-manage a website called Beer Linked, which we should probably get you on. Yeah, um, is that Beer Linked forum on? Uh, it's got a group. Yeah, on, so we try to create a group on I Facebook to kind of yeah. like bring Quebec and Ontario together. That was my mission. And then I put zero effort into it. So, so it hang on, what is it? Beerlink. So beerlink.com, if you go to beerlink.com. This is the first I've heard of this. So. Um, it's basically a hub. So what we do is we auto post your stuff into Beerlinked. Like set up a... So there's about 10, 15 Quebec and Ontario and like one from BC, I think. Okay. Um, so basically you go, it's just a feed of all the blogs related to beer within Canada who we've asked to contribute. Uh, and sorry, I say contribute, but I, but I, what I mean is you're not writing original content. Like we're just, just taking pulling it, your RSS feed and just put shooting it in, it in there. there. What the hell, man? Put us, put that shit on there. Yeah. Like podcasts or the videos, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, we'll that, talk, yeah, we'll talk after. Okay. Right. Well, that's good. That's really um, cool. I think that needs yeah, to. Yeah. So it, it was a great idea. I mean, I think me and the other guys that run it, um, I haven't put a lot of effort into it because we all, all of us who run it have our own personal blogs too. So I think that's what ends up taking a lot of the time. Yeah, of course. It's a lot of work. But yeah, sorry. The only reason I brought up Beerlink was because um, we kind of went on a search to find everybody. And we're all, all kind of connected, right? Like the Quebec scene is, is really tight. Mm. Um, so like through, so, through social media, through Facebook, I've gotten to know, or at least the face or the name of most of the brewers for most of the breweries in the province, give or take. Mm. So uh, the same, like... I haven't discovered this in Ontario, and maybe it's just, maybe it exists more on like something like Reddit or in other media platforms, but on Facebook, the Quebec beer scene is 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 
happening. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if you look at Capsule Bière, uh, Thousand uh, and One Bière, yeah. there's like five different groups and there's posts every 10 minutes in these groups. It's like, crazy. it's huge. Yeah. I don't know any in Ontario. There's an Ottawa one that gets like, you have like this, like uh, Katie. Um, yeah, 613 Beer Cast. Yeah, Shout she's amazing. She's amazing. They're amazing. They're great people. But, and there is some content. Like, I'm not trying to diss it or anything. No, but, there is, there is something about the, the Quebec beer scene. And what I will say is obviously, uh, you know, how long have you been here? Five years. In so Quebec. I don't, I, and it's not a topic I want to get into at all, but obviously there are language tensions within this province and they're always for sure. Happen, yeah. for sure. Um, so I, I had an expectation that I'd get at least some pushback for being like the English guy <laughs> writing about uh, Quebec beers in Quebec, because there are there are tensions on these things. I never once, not once, have I ever had anything. Not even like a troll, like wow. a like a like an like a jerk. like a Reddit type of thing. Yeah, like everyone has been super supportive. Uh, I think there are various reasons for that, but I think it's a really positive scene in general. And again, they're always like kind of jerks or whatever, but on the most part. Uh, the scene here is awesome. Yeah. I agree. We were saying earlier, like the 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 people who support when we do content, like even if it's whether it's a podcast or the um or, or the other shorter video content, like Whoa, our number sorry. one, sorry, number one video on Facebook is one with Avant Garden Jukebox, like Sean and Renault. And um, whenever we posted, but we posted the one I was telling you with Lassenel, we did a video and some pictures of them. And they probably got 10 to 20 shares per video and per photo from all of their friends. And the amount of appreciation and, and uh, like, I feel, like, validated by the people in Quebec because I'm an immigrant to Canada. Yeah. I'm in Quebec and I'm in Toronto, like, close to half the time. So I feel like I'm really in the middle. So I'm kind of, like, doing both. And I just feel like the appreciation from the Quebec guys is exactly the same way, like, over and above anything I ever anticipated, being that I'm very cautious of the language. But I feel like they're, like, yo, we've got an incredible beer scene here. And what you guys are doing are bringing out... Because I think people look at me as an Ontario guy. Right. And then, like, people ask me all the time, where do you live? Like, like, like everyone thinks we live in Toronto. Because you so do a lot of content from Toronto. And we do yeah. mostly Toronto content. It's just because I, Scott does, I'm out there all the time, but Scott's never here. So we were talking today. I, I probably need to be a bit more proactive with Quebec because I do want to represent for Quebec right. um, beers. But it's always more fun when there's two of us, but whatever. Um, yeah, everyone's just so positive about it. And I'm like, it, it still continues to shock me because the language stuff is not always positive towards Anglophones and stuff. I don't really feel a part of it because I'm not from Canada, so I'm like, whatever, I'm just an Australian guy. But, yeah, it's really cool, and it's good that you felt the same way, that the Quebec breweries are super supportive, and uh, not even the breweries, it's the fans mm. that, that's the coolest. I've had some of the nicest people in the world, or the Quebec guys wanting to come through and give me beer or meet up or tell me about stuff or, like, just talk. Yeah. And, you know, we had a beer release at home last night. Unfortunately, you couldn't make it. But, like, uh, you know, one of the dudes, Simon, shout out to Simon, just came through. I never met, spoke a couple times on Facebook and came through. We chatted for a while. Like, I think I know who you're talking about. Simon Brissett, I think his name yeah. is. Yeah. Great guy. He seemed to know everybody there as well. Yes. So he was, like, out He's there everywhere. in the scene. So I'm like, I just thought that was super cool. Like, you know, dudes in Quebec are just super, like, just want to talk. I mean, I get it in Ontario too, but it's more unexpected here. And it's yeah. consistently awesome. I've never had a Quebec troll, never had anyone give me attitude, definitely had that in Ontario. Y'all been you that. But, you know, it's a different world out there. Ontario and Toronto are a different sort of attitude and a vibe. It just comes with the city. So, yeah, it's good to see that it's not just me experiencing that as an Anglophone beer media person. 
Yeah, and I mean, I, I think, you know, it speaks to the progressive nature of the scene and the individuals in the scene um, that, that you know, aren't, aren't of so much of the old school and more, like, embracing more progressive notions of, I don't know, everything, politics, whatever. Um, but, but also, obviously, I think certain breweries appreciate having English content to spread their products to the rest of the world, right? Because um, it is it is awesome to spread uh, the, the word about your brewery in French within Quebec. And on the most part, that's pretty much where they all sell the beer anyway, so it makes sense. But I know certain breweries, like especially like like Dunham, uh, Brasserie Dunham, they're in the Eastern Townships. Um, they, they're, they're taking... Um, like they're going to a lot of festivals in the states, and they're doing constant collaborations with people all over the world. Big Justin, um, like so yesterday. I think they kind of appreciate like, you know, spreading the word in 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 let's like say English, where you know people in the states can can read it or, or whatever that kind of thing. Um, very cool. Yeah. No, it's very cool. I like to so I like to see that. What's your favorite? So yeah, okay. I was just thinking about this. I've been kind of sipping as we're talking slowly through. I really like the twenty sixteen. I like the fresh. Yeah. Like, I like the sharpness. I like... The, this is, like I said, 13, 14 are pretty much a stout to me. Um, 15. You know what? I mean, often I've done these... A little brighter. And I find the freshest one, like, one of the weakest. Like, there's... It's just, like, it hasn't mellowed out yet. It's too sharp. It's too whatever. But I think in... What do you... The, the, I, I'm, 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 my favorite is the oldest. You got stouty. Yeah. I'm fucking loving it. Um, but I think my second favorite is the first one. Really, yeah? yeah. Do you know what I like about it is the, um... Well, there's a... There, a second intro I didn't mention is, 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 is they, it's, it's a really hoppy, um, beer. It's such a bizarre beer, right? Because it's like, is it an imperial stout? Is it a saison? Is like, it, what is it's, it's hot, it's dry hopped, as far as I know. Like, like, it's got a hot profile anyway. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's... It's really kind of like a mishmash yes. of things. And I feel like when it comes to the older ones, it doesn't taste like that mash mashup of things the new one tastes like a little bit like is this a stout but then i'm like oh i'm getting bananas i'm getting a bit of cloves mm. i'm getting those like esters that come with the um the saison style right. and that sharp carbonation suits it whereas the carbonation hasn't mellowed that much through the rest of it no nope. so this ta- the, the 2013 tastes like a stout with saison carbonation so for some reason i'm i'm definitely feeling the the fresher version because i like the the mix but these two are pretty much the same. There's nothing wrong with this one either, but these ones are kind of like about the same. But you definitely taste the the contrast between them. Mm. I will say though, it isn't drastic. Sure. Like I have done, judging, no. you could do this with other beers where like these two are like on a whole other spectrum kind of thing. Like, and that's the thing with Jude Steeler. I think that's why they're great for doing ver- verticals is that the, the beers just hold up really well. Um, so yes, they're, you know, if, if we just did 16 and 13, you're gonna see a bit, like quite a bit of a difference, but when you're just going like one at a time, like um, their beers age Running very subtly over over time. Yeah, I'm very impressed, and uh, you're right. I think you know this is an interesting one to to do a vertical on. It'd be it would be curious to do one on like maybe some sort of crazy stout or uh, yeah. Do you have a favorite style to do verticals for? Um, I haven't done that many. Uh, most of the ones I've done have been Zudziel because, like I said, they're, the ones they're just kind of kinda like. The easiest, easy to, to have cheapest. various bottles of and yeah. just collect and regular yeah. and like um i st- i only started like six years ago right so how did you get hold of the ones before six years 
trades? Um, so for the Equinox of Printemps vertical, um, they were kind enough to donate some of the older bottles. So you tell me you're doing uh, the vertical and you're yeah. like, look, what have, what have you got? Man, they're such cool people. Yes. Shout out to Layla. Uh, Shout out to JF. Yes. Layla I love is Judas amazing. Um, they're great people. So and, and they're very supportive of what I do, which is amazing. So nice. yeah, a couple of through trades, a couple, like a lot of them just collecting. Um, couple of people who came to the tasting had some some bottles themselves right so they brought them that's sick a uh, question kind of offside to that i was mm-hmm. just thinking now are you do you consider yourself like a photographer just based i think people know you for <laughs> yeah they, i was thinking about that earlier today actually um i think technically you could say that i'm a photographer because i've sold photos you're a but yeah um i don't have a lot of technical knowledge by any sh- uh shape or form uh but i think i take pretty sexy photos with my little photo your box and my setup fire, bro. what is your photo box like i want to see this shit it's probably going to be very unimpressive for you that but you know what that makes it all the more impressive if the photo box isn't that impressive yeah i almost don't want to make... say it in case i need to like you know do a oh, contract no, down the line you know no, and you like wait this guy's doing what and i'm paying this but no okay tell me tell um, me off camera no it, it's 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 a basic photo box that i bought on amazon uh-huh. um with two lights so it's a photo box. If you don't know what it is, it's like a, like a white canvas box, uh, and then you, you put two lights on on the sides, and you position a, a product in this case a beer in, in the photo box, um, and so you have your lights on either side, and you have your camera right in front, uh, and you take a shot, and the lighting is perfect because it's like angular or whatever, and then you just set your camera up with like the settings that you want set your ISO, you set your whatever, um, and you take a shot, and then I do a lot of post-editing. Okay. How do you get the blue? The blue? The blue background you have. Oh, it's a different back shot. So you, in the box itself, you have these canvases that you place Is in it the back. back. Is it like those ones that, that yeah, curves? Yeah, exactly. Like it's in, in so I have like uh, various colors or whatever. Okay. Because your photos, I feel like if you're an Instagram beer like you've seen a beerism photo, and you Probably. know exactly what the hell it is. <laughs> And you should have a lot more followers. Than you well, it's have. funny you mentioned that because um, I, w- I was commissioned by Boreal to do a shot for their new any IPA. Hell yeah, you were. And so uh, I sold them a few photos. It was a great experience. I love those guys. Beer's uh, fire too. Shout out to Boreal. Bore- Boreal has, has is is almost like brewery of the year at this point this year for that like, beer yeah. alone. For yeah, but but just for the program itself. Like if you guys don't know, I don't. Um, so Boreal's been brewing beer in Quebec forever, right? Yeah. Like, they're, like, the OG craft, I guess. But the thing is, is people don't... Most people, most craft beer owners don't care about them anymore because they're, they're bringing very reasonably priced, easy-drinking, quote-unquote, boring styles, yeah. right? Um, but the, the owners... And it's still an independently-owned brewery. It is not owned by any of the macro... It's not, eh? No, no, it's still its own thing. Like, they're huge, but it's, it's not owned by, like... Ines or Bush or anything like that. Anyway, so the owners uh, bought the brewmaster, Gabriel, who's an awesome dude, um, his own miniature brewery. And basically like said, a little pile do what thing you want. Okay. So, so they, like, they, they created what's called the episode program where Gabriel can mess around, brew more contemporary, interesting, innovative styles, and then they release them at bars. So you get it on tap. And that's how the... So they started with an IPA. It was more of a West Coast thing, a little bit more interesting and complex than their standard IPA, but 
you know, not super exciting, but very good. Then they did like um, like a cucumber saison or something. Or, I or love a basil saison. They're everywhere now. Cucumber sounds right. They're I think everywhere. it was cucumber. Basil saison. I could be wrong though. But then they did. Uh, I think the third one was the NE IPA, if not mistaken. Anyway, so they, they brewed this NE IPA once. Uh, it was pretty well received, and then they decided to can it, and then it the Quebec nuts. beer geek scene kind of blew up. So I, long story short, I um, I got commissioned to do these photos. And I took them, and then this week they're re-releasing the cans again. Yeah, they are. And they were using my photos, and then a bunch of people kept tagging me saying Boreal's using your photos and not crediting you this is bullshit right like, so I'm like no 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 it's okay clearly my work is is a one trick pony because <laughs> it all looks the same no no these, they're owned by, by them please please leave them alone <laughs> don't shit on them just buy the beer and yeah. it's a fantastic beer and you should buy it it is and you know what, I can't what's wait awesome to get about that, that though is that people are defending me and I don't even like have to even uh, yeah. try because you know because that's a thing too people use my photos even crop out my watermark I see and you use it that, yeah. to, to sell stuff that's and dirty it, man and give, cool. give, do you know what give photo credit just ask and give photo credit and you'll be cool yeah it's not a big deal like breweries you don't have to play dirty like it's good but yeah seriously much respect to Boreal because I think that was a really cool move and it was the best Northeast IPA I've had out of Quebec potentially ever it was it was the, very similar to the Grand Grignol from uh, Wild Jack shout out to Remy and Max uh, which was phenomenal um, and uh, this one was just as good and I, I wanted to get cans and I saw there was dudes like lining up at 7am yeah. in Laval I'm like well fuck I'm not getting there so what's amazing is you had all these dudes like I'm at Boreal lining like, up for a bottle release. What what's, what's going on? To the and world? Do you know what that was? I saw dudes walking around with like two cases. They were yeah. selling cases. Like you don't you can't go to Treehouse really and come out with like, or tre- I mean maybe, but like you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if you're going to a one-off bottle. You go to Bo- uh, say Bellwoods. I keep talking about. It, I'm sorry, but you go to Milk Shark. Oh, you get Milk Shark. You get four. Yes, we got to have the Tang Town before that, so I'm glad you guys tried yes, that. But that I wish I had the new milk shop, but you can only get four at a time because I have to limit it. So, like, that's why it's very interesting to me that you can walk up to, to uh, Boreal and get a case of such a fantastic, like, such a fantastic beer. Problem being, though, similar to any bottle release, so like you got to be there on that day at that time, and you got to line up, and then you get your case. But not the new stuff, eh? From what I understood, it's going to be released at select bottles. Yes, yeah, so bottle this shop. latest batch is going to be at certain stores. Do you know when it comes out? I believe the 17th. Of July? Um, yes. That's Monday. Yeah. I heard 17th. Don't quote me on that. I know I know for sure Malte Hops in Verdun, I think, is getting. Well, who the hell is going to Verdun? Any, anything in civilization? Verdun's awesome. I know, it's great. I, I love you. I just, yeah. Hating on Verdun. <laughs> I love Verdun. You know what it's time for? Uh, no, it's time for the gosh darn um, lightning round. Lightning round. Lightning round, which is uh, also known as the molasses round, depending on how you take it. All right. All right, first one, guilty pleasure beer. This is a beer you would be uh, embarrassed to admit to our good listeners and viewers that you enjoy. It's funny because I've heard you ask this question to people every time and I've, I've never prepared an answer. Okay. Um, so, so you better guilt, figure it out. Guilty pleasure beer. You know what ours are, if it helps? Scott's is Labatt 50. I like Corona. The problem with me is because I never leave the house, I don't end up in bars where There's bad I beer. need to have bad beer. When's the last um, time you had a, a beer that might have been bad that you didn't dislike? You know what? I had, <laughs> you're going to laugh, I had Paps for the first time oh, don't even talk two weeks that. ago. And? I liked it. You disgust me. It was inoffensive. 
you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know when you crack like a blue dry or you're something like, and it's just like you're getting punched in the tongue with like awfulness? Yes. It's not even like, you know, people talk about, oh, Coors Light is so watery. Well, I can handle watery. What I can't is okay? handle awful taste. Sorry. So I, I dug the, the past. So PBR? that's going to be, PBR is my guilty pleasure. Said, okay, fair enough. Just then, because I had it once and I like. Well, that works. The next question is the opposite. Beer you would decline under any circumstances. And mine is PBR. I yeah, would, I would always decline. Yes. So if I, I, I got, I would never drink a PBR again. I remember one time recently, I bumped into some friends and they were drinking. Hey, you want a bud? And I was like, I'm good, bro. And I just had nothing. Yeah, I've been in a lot of moments like that, and you often feel like a pretentious jackass. I didn't because, care. No, I mean, I, I don't Fuck normally it. either. But it's kind of like you ask, oh, what beers do you have? There and is they social list off Fifteen, you're like, I'll have a gin and tonic, <laughs> and that happens a lot. <laughs> Lately, less because I've kind of come full circle with beer styles. So I'm digging. We were talking about that. I'm digging lagers a lot more again, and pilsners and stuff. So I think because I'm digging a lot of craft pilsners that my palette isn't as mad at those other shittier ones? I think I can tell what's wrong with a lot of the macro ones, but the sheer fact that it is a Pilsner isn't insulting to me anymore like it was when you first start becoming a beer geek and you think, like, Pilsners, there's something wrong with them. Because... Hell no, there's nothing wrong with Pilsners at all. But I think a lot of people, saying. when they start off, it's like it's like go... that rejection of that world, that, that Pilsner that ran the show for 50 years or whatever, it... You know, it's like, no, I don't want that no, anymore. That's fair. Kind of so do you have something that you would decline then based on that? Like, even if you're not as angry as you used to be, like, is there just one beer that rubs you the wrong way? And there's not, you know, and there's whatever. Everything's, like, subjective or, you know, experience Yeah, no, based. for sure. Um, not to be a hater, but anything from Brassard's yeah. Monde, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, the, Shots fired. Yeah, yeah I don't. Ooh. Yeah, no, not my thing. And it, it's not, yeah. I probably no, should no. have said that. No, no, no. It's not a bad thing because it's not a judgment call. I like some of the stuff from Brasso yeah. Dumont, but it's very much a subjective taste thing. If that's Agreed. not your thing, knowing what I know about you and what you're into, I'm very much not surprised. Yeah, I mean, again, no, you're right. Like, uh, I, have no, I have nothing against them. I have nothing against with you, but every, everything that I've had, I've, I felt was off. With the exception of maybe uh, their Berliner Weiss, which was actually really solid. Blanche du Mur, everything else uh, I thought was a mess. I was one. I think so, it was cold. So, yeah, sorry. I'm not saying it's garbage. What I'm saying is uh, if you offer it to me, I might not drink it. That's the and question. that's the question. And that's not bad at all. One thing I did meet up with Alain Thibault one time uh, who gave us some stuff. Nice guy. He gave me a, it's called Solera or something. It was like mm. this, like, uh, some sort of Saison or something, Asian, like, red wine barrels, and it was really good. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, Again, I don't want to bash. No, no, you're not bashing. This is okay. This is not... We're not here to shit on breweries ever. This is a subjective question. Like, what are your tastes? It's not... Like, definitely try it. Yes. Absolutely. But this is your thing. Uh, Don't try PBR. It's trash, though. (laughs) Favorite beer style... I would over that. No, fuck that. Don't don't drink it. Don't do it to yourselves, guys. Favorite beer style. I think we talked about that earlier. And I was like... That's a really hard one. Um, Milkshake IPAs. No. Oh, you suck. <laughs> I'm not against milkshake IPAs. But, Boring. But, I mean, I feel like it's it's new, it's exciting, but, um, yeah. Uh, favorite beer styles. I, I'm getting... If you went to a, a dep and you were, like, looking for a beer, what style would you gravitate towards? If you weren't sure what to get, you didn't go there with something in mind, mm-hmm. you were just like, all right, I need some crushes or whatever, what would you... 
move towards naturally? For me, right now, I, I, well, it's summertime, so probably uh, light, easy drinking saisons. So something like uh, Dunham's uh, Saison Restic is one of my favorite Quebec beers. What a gem. Uh, otherwise, as much as I'm getting away from big beers, even beers like this we're drinking at like yep. 9.5%, Imperial <laughs> Stouts, Imperial Stouts still hold a very, very, very special place in my heart and I'm obsessed with them. So I love Imperial Stouts. Oh, so something like Peche Motel, which is... One of the best beers in the world, man. I 8,000% agree. It is phenomenal. I didn't realize how dope it was until the Journée Peche. Like I feel like we're getting paid by JCL for this, this entire sh- podcast. Layla, <laughs> talk to JF, figure that out. We're not, by the we're way. Not, we're not, we're not. It's just... actually Brassel de Mont that's paying for this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're a C word. All right. Least favorite beer, Stasi. I didn't say that word. Yes, no, it was good. It was didn't good. want to offend the children. Least um, favorite beer word. Uh, beer star. Least favorite beer style. No, this doesn't mean it's bad. No, no, it means it's course, your least favorite. Of course, I have I, issues. I would say Bali wine. I mind Bali wine. That's fair. Um, no, it's great. I just no, no. It's it's yeah. I just, and I mean, barley wines are, are tend to be on the sweet side, and they're too um, big. You can have like this big, much. They, they range from done. like nine to fucking twenty percent or whatever alcohol content. So barley wines are tough. Yeah. Um, they lack kind of the roastiness that you get in Imperial Stout, which kind of cuts through all that. Anyway, my least favorite. Beer styles tend to be ones that have a smoked malt uh, component. Yeah. But even then, uh, it's starting to grow on me. We were talking about this a bit earlier. About grow, the styles uh, growing on you or whatever? Yeah, I mean, it, like a smoked beer isn't a style because there's all, like, you have the Roush beers and then you just have beers that have, like, subtle smoked malts in them. Yeah. I've had a couple of wild beers that they use, like, a small amount of smoke in it. Yeah. And it can create this awesome, like, subtle complexity. Hmm. Um, and Dieu, uh, no, uh, Les Trois uh wow. brewed uh, their Baltic Porter, and they aged it in a barrel of, if I'm pronouncing it rightly, uh, right, Islay Scotch, or Islay Scotch? Anyway, really, really peaty, like, peaty to the max. The heavy stuff. Um, and I quite liked it. It's fantastic. It was brilliantly uh, complex. But on the most part, that smoke flavor ends up t- making the beer taste like bacon. Yeah. And I don't want my beer to taste bacon. like bacon, generally. No, I like bacon with my beer, but just not... Yeah, uh, on the side is better than on the side. inside it. Absolutely. Uh, Desert Island beer. So if you had to drink the same beer over and over for a while, people always ask, like, well, how is it delivered? Well, if you have a certain beer that has to be a certain way, if you need a three-year-age beer, well, that's what they drop you. They won't save you. But they'll drop you your three-year barrel aged, whatever you want, whatever you want, brand new, fresh, heady topper, or like you know, whatever, whatever you need. Well, I'm just gonna answer that quickly and not give it much thought. The new table beer from Dunham, which I had tonight, tonight, yes, and I had a bottle at home the other day, um, is this tiny little beer that's like four and a half percent. It's the table point four, four point four. Just to correct. Um, thank you. It's okay. That's what I'm here for, bro. Um, it's like this this kind of dusty, uh, phenolic, bread-infused little, like, I think it's so got hazy, bread, uh, bread in it. But it a little it, sour. Yeah, and, and they blended touch. it with uh, with a Berlin, I think a Berliner Weiss. Eloa, the brewmaster, was telling me the other week, and I don't remember. But anyway, it's it's just the pinnacle of subtlety. And I think I was telling you, like, when it's going to drop this Saturday at their bottle release and I don't think people are going to go crazy over it but for me I kind of loved it because it was just like imagine something that's watery in the best possible way if that makes sense because usually that's like a bad thing this beer is watery but this beer is just crushable in the most 
like fun, easy drinking way. Like it doesn't have acidity that's giving you heartburn, but there's like a slight kind of tartness to it. I feel that, yeah. I, and I very much enjoyed it. And it was a great, uh, great choice. That's a good one. Do you have any beer trend predictions? So clearly, right now, there's the you know, Northeast IPA, Milkshake IPA, somewhat sours and gozes. Um, do you see it moving in a particular direction? Um, after this, is there anything you would would say that like that's next? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, if this was a few months ago, I would definitely have said that the whole like milkshakey thing was going to start taking Quebec, and I think that's going to happen soon, probably. I agree. Um, I know a lot of it's a little slow to take up are here. a little reticent or reticent to, to do it because I think it adds complications. And it's it's a difficult process a little bit to. Oh, I think it is because it's a whole new like you know using lactose and you're uh, seeing amounts of hops and oats and like the process is different yeah. and it's expensive. Yep. Um, so I feel like that's probably gonna con- like hot, like IPAs have been going strong for so long. It's hard to predict whether that bubble is gonna burst. Like yeah. forget about talking about the craft beer bubble bursting. Like is the IPA bubble bur- gonna burst? And I don't know. I can't say that it is because it's still growing. Like I know so many folks who like const like are, are like all IPA all the time um, and that's not a bad thing at all so I don't know if that's just gonna kind of like continue or people are gonna like shift towards something else but certainly in Quebec at least we've seen the sour wild beer scene take off in the last two years I feel like the last two years have been a real breakthrough in terms of hops sours and uh, Britannomyces hmm. uh, which I invite wholeheartedly I'm kind of getting away from these uh, types of beers, i.e. it's like you need to show nothing wrong with it at all. It's an amazing beer. I love it. But I think we're all kind of aiming towards more uh, lower alcohol, um, Somewhat easier drinking. Yeah. It's kind of like the trend that's going now. Easy drinking yet full of flavor. Yeah. Whatever so, that flavor may be, whether it's like, like sour or... Brett hit Quebec hard a few years ago. Like, Le Castor is killing it with their various line of yeah, beers with Brett. Dunham's been wielding Brett for years. Wielding. It's, yeah. Zutziel's been, been, been really experimenting with Bretonomyces and wild beers and sours. I think sours, sour sours are going to get... Um, that I, much not more. kettle sours like real like no meaning sours? just like sour like because we don't even have that many there's certainly like more like Berliner Weisses where it's like sort of sour like actual even, even Berliner Weisses but like with more tartness like I think mm. a lot of the sours here are pretty restrained like you tried a lot of the wild check stuff right I had like the that was um, the biggest share they like, ever did they're doing sours that kind of like the Americans do sours where their sours were phenomenal. they're they're pretty punch you in the face I love uh, with every acidity and Dunham's been doing that. that yeah. Dunham's been doing that. Yeah, they've been doing that with their Berliner Weiss. Like the like... the their, Dunham's Berliner Weiss is incredibly sour. Oh, I feel like that's need to get like we're gonna be following in the Americans' footsteps a little bit with okay. the, with that le- level of acidity. Personally, that level of acidity is hard on me because I have acid reflux problems, and sometimes I can find them a little bit imbalanced because it's like where's the acidity versus the balance, right? Mm. I like I tend to like it to be a little bit more rounded yeah but anyway i I think probably more acidity more wild and definitely more weird ipa like adjunct like fruits and oats and vanilla and lactose lactose. and god all that coconut 
Probably. Yes, oh god, I love it. Have that coconut from Avant Garde? They had like a coconut like porter, and they were like they called it like dry coconutting. So they roasted coconuts <laughs> yes. in like Renault's like oven at the crib, like for a day and a half, just like roasting coconut and then dry coconutted the uh, beer. It's interesting so because cool. it's like almost like the adjunct thing has kind of little come a little bit full circle. Like it was a while that everyone was like throwing anything in fucking beers, right? Like just everything, and then things got a little cleaner. And now with the whole milkshake thing, it's like it's coming a little more full circle. Yeah, it's very interesting. I love it. Uh, favorite up and coming breweries? Do you have any like new guys that people should know about? Um, well, th- we were talking about Boreal before, and I thought that was interesting. What they're doing now? Technically, not um, up and coming at all. No, but what they're doing is yeah borderline what a new brewery should be doing. I say people need to be drinking Maltstrom. Hundred percent cosine. Um, the probably. IXPL is one of the best beers in Quebec. Mark yes. my words. If you so, can get hands on a can, it's like six or seven dollars, and it's worth yeah. every penny. They are true. on the northeast side of Montreal. Anyway, like, mostly like you, can, you can. Yeah, you can go to their brewery and buy their beers pretty much any day of the week. So if you have a car, just go. Yeah, Maltz if you're Montreal, from, like I got it from um, Beer but you, Tech. But there are, I think, yeah. three-ish. It's hard to get. I went the three other three steps to get, that have it. Beer Tech, I think, is one of them. But they didn't have it, like, two days ago I went. Oh, no, it's like they get it. It's gone within a very short period of time. So Maltstrom, for sure. Um, there's a brewery called Vruden that uh, launched, I think, last year. Okay. They're brewing um, mostly German-style beers. So, like, they have a Pilsner. They have, uh, like, a Hefeweizen. They have beers that were exciting three or four years ago that... Beer geeks are not excited about it anymore, but I encourage you to go try them anyway because they're brilliantly balanced and just great beers overall. That's perfect. I love that. So Vruden and Malstrom are the two. Off the top of my head. Off the top, and that's all we want. Um, do you have a favorite or underrated beer city, style, destination, country, city, brewery, something like that? So whether it's like a place or actual spot that's where the favorite or potentially underrated um, that comes to mind. Or style, you said? So it could be, yeah, any any of the above. So favorite or underrated, city, destination, country, style, brewery. Um, I don't travel a lot, so it's hard for me to, to um, speak out on that. I think Ottawa gets the kind of shit end of the stick a little bit in terms of I mean, they're in between Toronto and Montreal, which are these kind of figureheads in the country yeah. with, I guess, like Vancouver being so far away that they don't even fit into it. No, but they're amazing. But they're doing, they're doing good, and especially in the last two years. Uh, two, tooth and, it's funny because you have um, Beyond the Pale yes. and now more recently Dominion. Uh, Dominion City. Dominion City. So fire. Who are, are brewing uh, really great stuff, but then in between that you have tooth and nail yes and i think you have beyond the pale doing intense ipa stuff um they did aromatherapy yes and pink um, fuzz. the project pale ale yeah. pink fuzz the saison tropical uh all those beers are, are are pretty great but i find them a bit hit and miss like any like a lot of the growlers i get it's the um dominion uh dominion I've, I've only had a few but again a little hit and miss but no one, I feel like no one's talking about Tooth and Nail, and I feel like, although he... I feel like they are. Are they, though? I, Maybe they don't. I don't know. But I, I feel like people aren't as excited about it because they're not doing, crazy like, shit. crazy, hazy IPAs. Because, and I, and I know... That's a, that's a good point. They're not. 
like, but they brewing well. On, to be honest, like I pro, I might take an aromatherapy over uh, one of one of Matt's standard IPAs just because I like the style. But I, I what, what I respect him as a brewer, not that I've gotten to know the other brewers, is just that guy like knows his, stuff, knows his stuff and like. Everything he does is about balance, and it's about subtlety, and it's about drinkability. Mm-hmm. And his bourbon barrel-aged imperial stout that had coffee and uh, cocoa nibs in it was fire. fucking fire. Like, amazing. Amazing yeah. beer, yeah. I haven't had that yet. So I feel like, not that Tooth Nail's underrated, because it's not. I'm sure he's doing very well. He's top three in Ottawa, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think I have the utmost respect for that. What he's for doing. what he's doing. Yeah. We had, I was telling you earlier, he was on episode 52 of our podcast. So this is 55. So by the time y'all hear this, that one would be out. And Matt was, uh, it's really funny because he was kind of like very anti yeah. hazy stuff. And I remember so we they, talked about that too when I was there. You talked about him. that? Yeah. And he just, he's not into it, but he, at the, he had in the ferment and he gave us a taste of it. It was with, I believe, a collab with Great Lakes. Yes. Uh, the Happy Ale. Something like that. Some it's got, yes. It's solid. Is it finished now? Okay, good. Because when yeah, you tried it out of the ferment, probably. it wasn't ready. It's okay. Um, i got to hit him up. Matt, but cook me up, bro. But I was like, it was a little old now. You're getting older, okay. It's so it's probably that. Old. Okay, so it's done for. Oh, it's, I mean, according to you, who <laughs> fucked with my whole life, you ruined my life. I had one recently. It's still drinking good, but by the time I see you again, that might be. Or you we see could Matt, ship it out and talk to Matt. Matt, fuck man. But like, um, it was just really. It was almost like cute the way he was sort of like, oh, all right, fuck, all right, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do this damn beer like type of thing. Like he just wasn't interested, in, and uh, I just found that such an endearing thing. Mm. Like he just was couldn't be less interested if he tried in that and I, I think a lot of uh, there's a bunch of brewers i met that just don't care about that stuff like they just want to make what they make and they don't want to do anything else and but everything he does is like do you have the one um it was i forgot what it was called it was basically like some sort of a table beer mm-hmm. but it had like not exaggerating 10 to 13 different fruits and adjuncts in it what was yeah that it was um deceptive it starts with a D. Yeah, it was D. like three and a half percent, but it had a killer body. And it had like I think it was one of the things is like hibiscus or dried yep. fruits and everything, like, apples and no, oranges it's, it's and a, like it's a solid raspberries beer. and fi- it was just had like he was like sitting there listing it off, and it was one of the best beers I've had. Like it was so 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 fire. Yeah, I mean I think there's something to be said about Love just like I guess like going in a different direction because that beer is kind of the opposite of that but like just clean simple beers like he does he does a standard saison mm-hmm. and it's phenomenal right like I think some brewers just like forget about the basics not that I know basics. much about the brewing process but it's like you can dump like 10,000 pounds of hops into something and it's gonna be a freaking hop bomb but does it necessarily make it a a good beer a, a, a good or a great or a fantastic beer based on that alone no, no. It, it, it's there's, there's it's a the balance rest. there's a there's a roundness that yeah. you need to get and like being able to, and I, I've talked to Matt before cause he did a little stage at Cantillon, freaking Belgium, like fucking Cantillon. Insane. Yeah. Um, so I originally when I reached out to him, I was like, this guy's fucking gone to Cantillon. What's he, what's he doing? But like, he's like, no, no, I, I need to, to establish my base. I need to brew standard styles, experiment here and there and then expand and then down the line, I'll start fucking with Do the some, rest. some interesting yeah. things. I mean, he's done, He's he's already working with Bretonmices. He's already doing barrel aid, bourbon barrel age imperial styles. Like he's doing some fun progressive stuff. But I think for him, uh, it's just important to to be about quality and not necessarily jumping on the bandwagon. 
Yeah, I agree. And uh, yeah, he's, he's he's doing it very well. It's such yeah. a cool setup. I really love it. So next one, beer, best beer you ever drank in your life. So this is generally situational. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people, like a lot of brewers surprised us and have been like, oh, I was on a boat, we we're fishing and it was beautiful. Right. I had this Budweiser. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on. Hang on. You said like, so it doesn't have to be anything good. It's just more like, it's generally situational. Do you have anything in mind that comes to mind immediately? Because I can't even question. think of one for me either that like changed my world. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the first time I fell in love with Lambic. Like... Like, you have like, like trying a goose for the first time. Do you have, time? like, uh, Lindemans or something? Like, something a bit more, like, uh, accessible rather as opposed... I've, I've never even had Cantillon before. So, like... No, I remember being at uh, my buddy Derek's place, and we cracked a Girardin um, goose. And uh, it was... It was, like, this this dusty... Just so bizarre. Like, if you've never had Lamek before, it's really a weird thing where... Um, you get like horse blanket and barnyard and all these weird flavors. Yeah, like it's madness. Horse and then blanket. Horse blanket, barnyard, crazy dusty, like old books uh, mixed with like grapefruit and uh, like acidity and, and bitterness from the oak that it's aged in and the blending and all that. It's just like mind, like kind of melting experience. Right, so your first lambic yeah, in general definitely. was the one. I don't know if that was my first lambic, but I remember that specific that's important okay perfect mm-hmm. in the interest of time because you have to catch a transport now uh man thank you so much for uh for finally for doing me. this this is great um thank you for this i can't wait to review these beers and uh i'm already feeling tipsy as fuck this is <laughs> you are right this is in a lot it's, of beers it's, it's not easy um really quickly i am enjoying the 2015 more and more i feel like this has got like a it's, smoky as like, they open and you start going at it you start changing your first position this is going to be a bit of time to figure this one out but mm. um where can people find you online uh beerism.ca yep and social uh, on, on facebook on beerism and instagram uh, beerism.ca as well on actually including the dot yes yes exactly so i always thought oh. it was very interesting see Pay attention, bro. Yeah. So follow Noah. Say good day. Tell him we sent you. Um, seriously, like the best beer writer I know. I really respect you and what Thank you do, you. man. Like I think it's really cool, and I think you know you're really pushing beer forward in this in this province, particularly in this anglophone world. And mm. keep doing what you're doing. I think it's fantastic. I appreciate. It. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, um, shoot us a thumbs up on YouTube. Subscribe. Hit that little notification bell. Um, follow us on social media at BOS Podcast and check us out for the long form podcast which of course you're listening to but if you're watching this as well and you haven't subscribed yet hit up Apple Podcast and click subscribe Do that's it. all I'm saying that's it mate cheers get in here take care